<laughs> For those of you who are listening to the podcast later, <laughs> Oliver's apartment <laughs> almost burnt down and he's still muted, so we can't hear. Hello and welcome back to the Mo Video Games Podcast. As you can tell, today is going to be a little bit special because you know it's a late night special and Wit's literally on fire this time. That's right, Oliver almost burns down his apartment. I strongly suggest if you don't normally check us out on YouTube, you go check us out around that 16 minute mark. You can find us at Mo Video Games there. See some fire that's happening, see some flames, and some cute cats as always. But aside from that, today's episode, we're doing another top 16 video game bracket showdown. We got some absolute banger games. Maxwell, that's me, finished yet another video game this week, and he's here to talk about it. We got some tech news as usual. So it's a spicy one. It's juicy. It's on fire. So sit back, relax. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Buzzify the data fuzzify the data if you're not fuzzifying fuzzify and these fuzzify yeah whole process welcome to the mofuzz podcast my name is maxwell lewis gaming <laughs> and my name is defuzz <laughs> defuzz over here looking good looking <laughs> schnazzy um would you say you're thriving uh no would you <laughs> you might who knows you got a drum set oh huh? i do <laughs> i do i do it's pretty hype i do it is electric oh my beautiful <laughs> word choice i can't handle that one because i live in a townhouse and i like my neighbors or at least i don't dislike them saying i like them implies i know them Although I did, this is too tangential, but Mocha, my cat, um, ran off of, or she, we, we had her on the deck and in a townhouse, all the decks are like right next to each other. And she jumped over onto the other person's, our neighbor's deck and she wouldn't come over even for food. And I didn't know what to do because there's no like stairs that like go up to the decks and stuff. So I had to jump over, uh, the railing onto their deck, uh, to grab Mocha and, um, Bring her back. I may have told this on the podcast before, but uh, go inside. It's been a while if you did. Yeah. You've got to rehash it, you know. Um, five minutes later, doorbell, ding dong. And so I go and I'm like, who could that be? <laughs> it's not Amazon time. And uh, I go and it's, oh, hello. It's my neighbor. Um, new neighbor. Mind you, this was like a week after we had moved in practically. And uh, they're like, yeah, um, and I was like, oh, uh, is it about me being on your deck? Because <laughs> I, I would understand that being a little weird. And they're like, yeah, um, you scared our children. <laughs> they apparently saw me, a stranger, jumping onto their deck um, and grabbing my cat, who could could have been a wild feral animal for all I know, and uh, or for all they know. I knew it was Mocha. Um, and then apparently they went screaming and crying to their parents. So that was a nice warm introduction. So I have met them. They're lovely people, um, and their kids are scarred for life. So, 
just the way we like children, honestly. So exactly. Uh, but that long story short, that's why I got an electric drum set and not a real drum set. Um, also, you get to play with different sounds and stuff too, which is kind of fun. Um, you don't just have to stick to the one drum sound. Yeah, and they're not like five thousand dollars for an entry level one anymore. Hey, Purple Misfits in the house. Oh. We got viewers. That sound was. But it's time for things to get lit. I think we got. I think we got viewer. It says. But we're free. Yeah, no, it's one concurrent viewer. But hey, that's 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 <laughs> one up? more than normal. Um, so <laughs> it's uh it's an exciting time here at the Mobile Video Games Podcast. Um, so Purple Misfit says, I see Katana Zero. You know it. Um, I guess spoiler alert, which is not a spoiler alert because if you're listening or watching this, you looked at the title. Um, but this is a top 16 <laughs> video game soundtrack bracket episode. And as usual, we will go through games we have been playing, which um, I can predict Oliver's <laughs> right now. It's a uh, League of I've Legends. Been busy. <laughs> and, um, games that I have played this week. Um, and there's a new one that I have completed in its entirety this week. Um, so get hyped for that. We'll go through some tech news and we'll get to the soundtracks. And mine this week are Katana Zero versus Horizon Zero Dawn and Minecraft versus God of War for my boy Oliver over here. So hoping you were just going to take both for me. <laughs> I almost did. I didn't. I just kind of my brain just kind of left the station and my mouth just kept going. So but that's what happens when, as Purple Misfit pointed out, I'm drinking truly. The beverage of all. Where are you going? <laughs> Where end. are you going? This is a bad. This is a bad road to go down. Um. So this is their margarita style, uh, hard seltzers, and this Ew. particular one is strawberry Ooh. hibiscus. Yeah, that one's pretty good. It is pretty delicious. Not gonna lie, a cool five point three percent. It tastes like a childhood candy, but I was unable to identify what candy it was. Worthers. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Um, well, I'll get rid of my games real quick then. Yeah, I've been playing uh, League of Legends. Cool. <laughs> right. Moving on. Um, so the game that I played this week. So th for the second week in a row, thanks to Purple Misfit, who has joined us. Um, the I have. So last week was when I spoke about Katana Zero. So it was two weeks ago when I actually played Katana Zero. Um, and yes, it has already made mm. it into the soundtracks. That's how hype it is. Um, but this week I played Portal for the first time. Oh, okay. In its entirety. Um, and again, because of Purple Misfit, she's been playing it on her stream. Um, for those of you listening, uh, Purple Misfit got a stream. Purple Misfit with two T's uh, streams on Twitch and YouTube. Um, check it out. And I guess skipping ahead to some tech news, uh, she's been playing a little known game called Hollow Knight uh, recently. Um, I saw a very hype, very hype, terrible game, but very hype, very hype. It's been uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I I've been watching a little bit of it in the background or like playing it back. And then I was able to catch her uh, fighting Hornet for the first time. Oh, good fight. And the only time. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think you <laughs> you correcting is almost worse at that point. <laughs> Probably. I think when you when you drive past something, you don't turn around to announce you drove <laughs> yeah. past. That's a fair point. Um, <laughs> it's not that it's, it's not that big of a deal, no, anyways. It, so. It's not. But yeah, the first Hornet fight was really good. It definitely. It's it's yeah, it's one of the monumental. I I think it's it's the first like real boss boss fight where it like kind of slaps you on your ass um but once you kind of get through that i feel like your base mccanns are pretty good at that point and then yeah you're playing you're playing hollow knight at that point you're no longer (laughs) just trying hollow knight you're playing the game it's not like fucking mother grub bad boss right there no one likes mother grub (laughs) i think i i think uh purple i saw purple misfits fight of mother grub as well yeah, I don't even feel bad if you haven't, like, if anyone hasn't fought Mother Grub, I don't feel bad for bringing it up because the fight is that disappointing. Can you can you skip Mother Grub? I don't think you can. Uh, I think it's part of it's even on speedruns. So, I thought. Well, that doesn't mean that it's not skippable, my friend. It's, it's <laughs> always skippable. Uh, but yeah, and like, uh, if you're just saying for like canon story, actually, yeah, I don't think you ever need to go there. Because you ever need to. Yeah, I don't want to say too much. I, yeah. There's only. I don't think you need to to beat the game. Okay. That's pretty much what I'm saying. I actually I actually don't think you need to beat Mother Grub, but I need to do a little research. I know which character I need to look up to investigate <laughs> these details, and I'm never going to report on it. I actually, and I don't know if it's actually in speedruns. I just, uh, Fireborn, who is a famous speedrunner for Hollow Knight, does a lot of videos where he is trying to beat the game while like three or four other people in like a multiplayer mod are trying to kill him and speed run versus hunter or whatever yeah, yeah that series is so fun to watch so fun to watch um and he, he fights mother grub quite a bit oh yeah, she she the, did mother grub first um so that was her first well, the, like boss like if you encounter. fight mother grub first then like maybe maybe it's maybe it's i i had to fought mother grub like when i should have not been fighting mother grub uh, okay, you're I like too strong <laughs> Yeah, but the, like also, if you just know the mechanics, if you're like still figuring out the mechanics of the game, then maybe it could be a little flustering. But like, if you fought Hornet and then you fight Mother Grub, it's like fighting a apple and then fighting a pear. I mean, come on, you just can't compare. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess uh, going back to Portal, but yeah, check out Purple Misfit, uh, Hollow Knight, super hype, super fun. It's it's fun to watch. It's and uh, I was thinking like watching Purple Misfit go through uh, Hollow Knight was like really exciting for me. Because it was a game that I I'd put down at one point, like got defeated by and eventually came back and played it and loved it. And like seeing her kind of go through and like seeing that excitement of like the first time playing through it and stuff was like really cool. And I don't know if that's something um, like I know you watched me play a little bit at one point. I did. Um, there, there was one particular boss and then you also saw me at the end as well. Or I had recorded that and showed it to you. But. You were at the good part by the time I was watching, though. Yeah, I, I, I think at, at Hornet, I think that's that's good part because that's when yeah, you, but I think you already passed Hornet. I think when I first watched you, you were you, you walked up to the Manus Lords and you were like, nah, I'm good. G. <laughs> yeah, there will definitely be. But I'm I'm kind of a, a wuss when it comes to bosses. There were a lot of bosses that I went to and I tried them once and I was like, I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come back to that later when I probably could have fought them. Um, at the time, but that's what I like about the game, though. You pretty much get to choose how hard you want to make it. Anyways, like now when I do playthroughs, I just like I like I love just sprinting to the Manus Lord, weak as humanly possible to fight them, 
because then the fight lasts like it's like 30 minute fight if you're fighting them with like base nail because you do <laughs> no fucking damage to them so it's just like it's a slog um but if you have like maxed out nail then it's just like i am your father I, so. I was able to pass down the wisdom uh to purple misfit about spell damage um versus nail in early game the good word the good word the good word it's it, it, it everyone changed my life when i was playing it um because yeah spells spells are op and honestly through most of the game spells are usually pretty op um spells, yeah if you don't uh yeah spells are just really strong yeah they're just they're, they're not <laughs> yeah they're not too well i think it's fair that they're strong because you have to choose between healing and a spell right so you're essentially like saying that you're going to execute your aerial as well like your your movement is going to be clean that's, if you're going to uh spell that's why my strat is always i don't heal um yeah. like i just my 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 goal in any fight is to just not get hit and do damage <laughs> go figure that's like any goal for any fight but oh yeah 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 so purple misfit um so you know in green path there's a particular platforming challenge to get a particular charm that goes by a bunch of thorns do you know what i'm yep. talking about yeah so yeah, she with all the electro blast on it yeah she she attempted it um and uh, by the time i had even found it to attempt it i had a lot more movement upgrades so it it was doable but still still a bit of a challenge um but at that point she had only had was it Mothwing Cloak, I think, or whatever, that gives you the dash? And I was watching it. That's I was like, I that it. looks impossible. It was, <laughs> it was so frustrating. It took me a while to get it the first time. And then, like, once you do it, if you do another playthrough, you'll go back to it and it'll be, like, first, second try. You'll be like, yeah, of course. Yeah, easy. But th th there's one particular hard part where you have to go down and dash but because there's thorns underneath you and on the sides, so you have to like time the dash right and stuff. And then also because you're like away from a bench and like in the middle, like if you start losing some health and you only have five masks, like you're, you're screwed. And like, if you try to go back, you could also die. Like there's no, there's no, no, there's it's no good. I yeah. like, I like it a lot. They did a really good job of like figuring out, I guess the limitations of the mechanics that they're introducing into the game and then how to challenge that when you're going through those areas, which is why shit like that's frustrating. But it also just feels great when you get through it because you're like, wow, I like, you know, actually had to work and think through that process to get through it. So, yeah. And that's another tip for anyone listening in Hollow Knight. You are technically able to do anything you can get to, if that makes sense. Like there, there is nothing you will come across that you aren't able to conquer with the the tools you have it, it is gate kept that whatever you encounter is would only be stuff that you could have achieved with the stuff you need if that makes sense <laughs> you're gatekeeping yourself the game's not gatekeeping you yeah and i'm i'm my own Unleash worst gatekeeper <laughs> um but that doesn't mean it's not going to be hard as absolute shit um but but it is technically <laughs> possible um to do those things so anyway okay back to portal finally um i not a whole lot to say about it other than valve needs to make more games like uh, not like every game that they release is like super well reviewed and talked about all the time i know but there's so not all the half-life games i haven't Portal, played half-life i team fortress i hadn't played team fortress well i still haven't played team fortress hadn't played portal only one i played is left for dead um didn't Valve also do a... Yeah, okay, yeah, it was Left 4 Dead. Dota 2, CSGO. 
haven't. I mean, they haven't. do. They, they have like a decent catalog for the studio, and they are all really fucking good. I like, know. They're normally viewed very well. And most recently, Half Life Alex, which was like, wow, changed the game for the VR. Standard for VR, yeah. I didn't realize how many Team Fortresses they'd done as well. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, um, but but Portal. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it, Portal is the iconic. Like, if you are aware of gaming, oh. you might have seen like a blue and an orange. Um, <laughs> uh, good news is the alarm is not going off sound wise. Maybe you muted. I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who are listening to the podcast later <laughs> oliver's apartment <laughs> almost burnt down and he's still muted so we can't hear but um i think i just singed my eyebrows but that's okay <laughs> you see how much smoke's coming out of this bad boy? i saw I the flames the flames made it into camera view i got a little campfire here i'm burning my hands just holding it Oh man! I need to open a window. It, it, late night specials are always something crazy here at the Mobile Video Games Podcast. Um. <laughs> oh, that's too much. Um, but Portal, blue and orange. You basically you have a gun that allows you to shoot a blue and orange portal onto the wall, and you can walk through one either the blue or the orange, and you'll come out the other one. And so it's a series of platforming challenges where you have to shoot them in a certain way so that you can get up to certain locations that you haven't been to or use momentum to, like, jump down really far and, like, kind of launch yourself over obstacles and stuff like that. So that's kind of the basic gameplay of Portal. And the challenges are really creative, really fun. And then the entire, like, backdrop of what's going on and, like, the 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 voice acting in lines is just it's very humorous clever and the game the first portal is about three hours long and that again right now like being busy and stuff that's just like the perfect length for a game and it kind of doesn't overstay its welcome or anything um <laughs> okay if you're listening to the podcast you should definitely head over to youtube around the 17 to 18 minute mark just to get a uh, <laughs> a great silent film of oliver <laughs> Um, but uh. <laughs> okay, I burnt a candle too long. I started emitting smoke. The fire alarm went off. I have it in the window, and I got a fan, <laughs> blowing air out because I I lit it. It's oh, if you saw my apartment right now, you would think I was doing nefarious things. Let me put it. Down. It it really the I mean the flame the flame was going when when you got up. I wasn't sure like if you're going to get a fire extinguisher. I I legitimately thought your desk might be on fire. Um, I wasn't sure if I actually burnt my eyebrows. I think they're fine. Thank God, but they look all right. They look they look great. Um, but yeah, Portal, super fun. Played through that. Highly recommend. Um, I'm excited to check out Portal Two eventually. And now that I've had such a good, obviously I know Valve is well regarded as a video game developer, but now having experienced quite a bit of it, I'm excited to to hop back into it. And, uh, Portal 2's got co-op, and it is a blast. I know, cop, because cop. the reason I had Portal 2 is because you and I tried to do it. and Oh, yeah, the, I remember that. <laughs> one of us could move forward and back, and the other person could move left and right, but we couldn't get us to be able to do both. Um, but if we can do online co-op, I would be down to do that. I'm willing to try. That's for sure. 
I got it to work one time, so I think I can do it again. Uh, um, all right. After that nice, beautiful tangent where Oliver almost died, um, I got some tech news to talk about. So when I posted the Instagram post of our last podcast, I put the PlayStation Bungie image because I thought that uh, it was um, that we had talked about it. I don't think we had. But if we did, you're hearing it again. Sony acquired Bungie, the original developer of Halo, um, and but they're very specifically keeping it multi-platform and basically going to be a hands-off approach. Um, so PlayStation owns them, but Bungie is still going to basically maintain entire creative freedom and can publish on whatever platforms they want and et cetera, et cetera. But it sounds like the strategy is the reason Sony wants them is to help bolster like multiplayer type games. Um, and also, I guess maybe to some effect, first person shooters and stuff, but, um, it it sounds like Sony is trying to bolster their online multiplayer world, kind of like destiny and stuff like that portfolio, and maybe help with some future games or add help to other developers. I don't know. It's all speculation, but they bought them another acquisition in the bag. And apparently rumor has it. There's more acquisitions coming from Sony's, uh, field. So Keep your eyes peeled. Do you have any comments? Okay. Uh, No, there. Oh, my God. I'm suffocating on the smoke. So sorry. Obviously, Sony's not doing this for the multiplayer thing. They're just doing it so that when Microsoft keeps buying all these small companies, even though because Bungie's so small, um, (laughs) they're just this is a sign of good goodwill and faith. This is my new conspiracy theory, right? They'll be like, we bought one of your biggest boys, but we're still sharing. What are you going to do now? It's, yeah, I, I don't get, I don't, I don't get the acquisition if I'm being really honest, but it just seems like both companies are just like, we got money to spend at the bank right now and we are putting it down. It, it benefits Bungie largely because Sony has a lot of money to spend on games. Um, so they are now, I guess, funded by Sony, which is good for them. What Sony gets out of the deal, aside from revenue and profit sharing... That's I, why it seems really sus. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, though. It's uh, um, the, the Bungie deal was reportedly... It, in the works well before the Activision deal like was announced and stuff like that. And like anyone who thinks that that was a reactionary thing, that's not how that works. Like they, they had been targeting that for a long time. So who knows? It's interesting. We'll see. Like I said, it's just, it's all speculation at this point and we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll get halo on PlayStation and crash bandicoot on Xbox. That's, that's what it's going to be now. So, I mean, that would be cool. It's not going to happen, but it would be cool. Especially considering Microsoft still owns the rights to Halo. Like, Bungie has not been developing Halo for a long time. But Microsoft supposedly does own the rights to Crash Bandicoot and Spyro now with their acquisition of Activision. So, um, they own everything. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This is this Sony's last little, little effort. They're like, we know you don't, Bungie doesn't have Halo rights, but it's the principle. <laughs> um, Rockstar officially confirmed that they are currently in development on GTA 6. So, only took them how many years? Yeah, I mean, it it's 
very likely if they're announcing it now that it would probably come out in the next two to three years would be my guess. Like, I don't think they would be announced that, oh, we literally just started development on it. Um, but it, with how GTA Online was going and all the updates to that, it, it was starting to seem like we would never get another like full installment of GTA. Um, but my prediction is spring of 2025 saying calling it right now gta 6 february 2025 one of bloomberg's journalists said that he wouldn't be surprised to see a fall 2023 release date before then seeing it delayed to 2024 so <laughs> that does sound like the video game industry i don't know why when you're making a prediction on when something comes out that you predict the delay with it just predict when the fucking game comes out but i, I like the moxie i like the moxie it's a little slap for no reason yeah it's 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 saying they're, they're going to announce a release date of this and we know it's going to be delayed they're just predicting all the future all the details i know i like it it's so unnecessary it's beautiful it's, yeah it's good it's, it's perfect um Ghost of Tsushima uh, just released an update to allow um, my boy, I can't even remember his name right now. Maxwell Lewis Gaming. Jin, there we go, um, to have a an Aloy outfit um, from Horizon Zero Dawn, which, uh, oh. go figure, uh, Horizon Forbidden West release in 10 days. So, How are you feeling about it? I mean, I'm excited for it, and that's going to be right around the time I am done with this particular quarter of classes, so I might actually have a little bit of time to play some games that weekend. But it will also be getting close to the time when the GR86 is here. So if I can complete a 60-hour game or a 30-hour game or whatever the hell it ends up being in a week, I'll be good. You definitely can. I can, but I probably can't. Yeah, that, I agree with those statements. <laughs> um, Dying Light 2 has been released. And I guess reviews are basically what I think we all probably expected them to be. And that was the story is meh. The characters are meh. But the parkour is eh. <laughs> um, yeah. AK, it's a Dying Light game. Yeah, and the world looks incredible. I've watched some gameplay of it and stuff. It seems like gameplay wise things are great especially parkour it sounds like they added quite a bit with the parkour um from what i can see yeah it looks that way digital foundry um did a looked at all the graphics and stuff like that and this game is next gen level like if you want to run max settings at 4k um which obviously is like ridiculous but like if that, that's kind of the test is like can the top of the line current hardware run it at top settings at 4k and even i think with dlss it was still like kind of struggling to with like a 3080 or 3090 to do it i think it was a 3090 they used whatever either way it's like it's definitely like a one of those games that will grow into the future um which will have to be like six years from now and we potentially get a ray tracing capable gpu be able to play it um but it looks incredible. A really cool ray tracing implementation, Digital Foundry. I'll try and post a link to it in the description, but they do a whole review on the ray tracing in it. It's pretty cool. There, there are some aspects of ray tracing ray, ray tracing <laughs> that are, are actually pretty cool and make a pretty substantial difference in how the game looks. Um, so that's exciting. Oh, 
there is a new gameplay element. And at night, you are constantly at risk. You are constantly turning into a zombie. You're, you're constantly turning, and there is a, a clock that runs. And if you get to UV light, you'll stop it. So it basically adds an additional pressure, which I like. Um, I, I don't know how long it is. It could be five minutes, could be ten minutes, could be something you upgrade throughout the game. Not entirely Does sure. Does it reverse it when you say stop? Like, is it? Are you resetting the Ugabuka clock? Or are you just literally stopping it? That that I don't know. Um, I I would hope it would reset it because it, the implication would be like if during the day when you're in UV light and stuff, it you the next night it's reset. You would think that just going into the UV light would reset, it. and that's my hope. Is like it kind of it's like when you're away from a safe zone, it's like the clock is ticking. And what I like about that is there are certain areas and buildings and stuff that you would want to explore at night when the the zombies are out. So there's less zombies inside. And normally you might want to go through it really slowly and stealthily and do everything you can to avoid it. But when you have that ticking clock, there's this constant pressure to go a little bit faster. And I think that adds a cool element to kind of the fear factor and the anxiety and the tension um, in it. So I don't know. What do you think of that, that addition of the timer? As long as they do the reset, then yeah, I'm cool with it. Yeah, it's really just that. It, like it could be, it could be super dumb if they did something dumb where, like, like what you're saying, like if it doesn't follow what you'd expect from UV light, given the fact that yeah, it obviously has to reset every day. Otherwise, you just turn into a zombie after like three <laughs> nights every single time. And I don't think that this is a roguelike. Uh, so, but yeah, no, I, I definitely like, I like games that support you playing it fast. Um, and I like putting in mechanics that support you playing it fast. Yeah. And like, technically speaking, a lot of times you don't have to go out. Even in Dying Light, the first one, there was very few night missions that you actually had to do. Right? You could pretty much skip going through night through a lot of it. Um, so I don't mind it because it's still, I think, a pretty. They leave it as an unexplored area of the game, so you can kind of have fun with it if you want to, but you don't necessarily have to use it. Yeah, and I know there are like throughout the world there are boosters and stuff like that that will increase your time that you have um and now that i'm saying that that makes it seem like it's not going to be a reset when you find uv light but uh because if it's not reset when you find uv light it's not like you're just gonna be like (laughs) i'm tired of running let's take a smoke break (laughs) under this uv light real quick like what the fuck you're in a game like what, what you know you're not just gonna be chilling there for no reason yeah so well we'll see it's definitely based on the reviews it's a game that i will pick up when it's on sale at some point because i do love the dying light world and the zombies and the parkour and stuff like that and it looks gorgeous and and stuff and powell um i don't know if he's doing the soundtrack for this one or not it's oh he better be otherwise i'm never playing it so (laughs) um i think mocha's at the door again oh my gosh No, we got a French guy. This is horrible. Olivier de Rivier. <laughs> uh, de Rivier. Olivier de Rivier would be, my guess, 43 years old from Paris, France. Look at me. Oui. I can assume that some guy named Olivier is French. I'm so good at this. Let's see what he looks like. Hales in comparison to Powell. That's all I gotta say. But we'll see. We'll see. He's also doing the soundtrack to. Oh wait, no, never mind. That was misleading as fuck. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm glad I did not say that out loud. All right, we're good. So we're good. Yeah, anything else? Journalistic integrity, you know. <laughs> um, the, but that, that's all in dying light. Um, we had a short power outage here, and I just wanted to report happily that my uninterruptible power supply that I purchased for my the PC, oops. the oopsie, did its job. Um, my PC was in sleep mode at the time, um, but I, it was like early in the morning. The power went off for a couple minutes and then came back on. And when I had come back downstairs, my PC was like nothing had happened. Still sleeping softly. Like a baby. The, like a baby. <laughs> no issues. No, no resets or anything. So, um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, that was the first time we've had a power adage since I had purchased it. So at least that I know of. Um, bum, bum, bum. The oops has been hard at work every single night. You just haven't been <laughs> aware of it. Um, and and finally, so there was a huge state of play for Gran Turismo 7, um, which will be coming out March 4th. And uh, it's perfect timing because I am over Forza Horizon 5. And I am ready for a good racing game. That's right. I said it. I had the courage to say it right here. My right goodness. Now. There's a murder on the podcast. I know. It Forza Horizon 5 as I'm done. You can only give it so many resuscitations or whatever you want to call it, you know. It Forza Horizon 4 goat. We got the stamp of approval now for Maxwell. It's goaded. It is, and th th there's a couple issues with it. One of them is the fact that it had so many technical issues upon release. It's just it's hard to look past that. I'm just it, it, I'm constantly thinking about it as I'm driving. There's still pop in that I notice when I'm driving, um, even though it's better than it was. We're not Morrowind levels. It's more like Uncharted Three <laughs> levels of pop in. But, <laughs> My God. Uh, um, it's it's still it's still very noticeable, and that's annoying. But it also Something that they had introduced in Forza Horizon 4, but it didn't start off with, is the whole, like, festival playlist where, like, each week there's, like, new and exclusive stuff to, like, go in and play and get. But it just, it kind of turns into a chore. Um, and that's not what I want from a racing game. And, uh, yeah, it's, I'm just, I'm done with it. I, I have not had the desire to go in and play Forza Horizon 5 in a while. And it saddens me. Because it could have been really cool, and it it's good. It's it's a good racing game, but it's not great. It's not it. It's not it. But I was sus for all the re wrong reasons with Forza Horizon Five. To be fair, so I wasn't expecting. I was expecting like they just like light reskin. You know that was the effect. I I'm impressed with how badly they fucked up. Like they they yeah. did. We weren't expecting they them to break the game. Yeah. <laughs> understandably i think for my end if you can make one you can probably improve it yeah so gran turismo 7 uh state of play i will also link that so i have to remember the state of play digital foundry and the, the digital foundry we'll see if i do um but it officially and we knew some of this stuff already but over 400 cars 30 tracks 90 different layouts and there will be more cars and tracks added um as the game continues um there is a new feature called the cafe. Um, so Gran Turismo 7. So for those of you unfamiliar with the Gran Turismo series, every numbered entry 
has had certain stuff in it. Um, and the one that came out on PS4 was Gran Turismo Sport. It wasn't numbered and it had a huge focus on online play, but it was missing a lot of features that a lot of people are used to in the Gran Turismo game. So Gran Turismo 7 is kind of a return to form there, but the cafe is new. Um, and the, the creator or like the lead director at Polyphony Digital, the developers of Gran Turismo, Everyone there is super into car culture and car enthusiasts. And this is a Japanese studio, so Japanese car culture. And when they were originally creating Gran Turismo, car culture was like super prevalent. This was the 90s and like car culture, especially like JDM was like huge, huge, huge. I don't, I don't have any other words other huge. than huge. <laughs> but uh, car culture has been dying. Um, people, people aren't, there, there aren't as many car enthusiasts out there um, and stuff. And so it's not something people get as excited about anymore. And what they're trying to do with this game is to introduce a new generation and new people to get them excited and learn about the history of cars and some of the really cool things. And so the cafe does this um, by introducing it. It has a lot of history of the cars, but also they actually invited designers of some of the cars to come in and talk about the design of the car and the process of going through and creating this. And it's like different goals to unlock certain cars. And it's really cool. And I think it's Gran Turismo 7 is going to be more about car culture and not about just like giving you cars and making you feel obligated to buy these this week, like truly forming a connection with the car, which is, I think, the, anyone who's a car enthusiast, I think that's all we really care about is the connection that you form with the car, which sounds ridiculous if you're not a car enthusiast. Um, doesn't sound ridiculous. You ever drive a, a Datsun, man? <laughs> you fall in love. Exactly. Um, <sighs> yeah. Sad times. <laughs> oh. um, but uh, but that that's really exciting. Graphically, I mean, the Gran Turismo series has always been kind of a graphical benchmark and for, for racing games. And on the PS5, looks stupid good. Um, license tests are making a return which is always exciting um and so what the license tests are is essentially a form of like challenges that progressively get more difficult as you increase your license level so you start at like i don't know like a d license and then a c and in order to unlock certain event types i believe is how this works you have to get earn a certain license i think is how it works it's something to that effect but there's there's just this feeling of progression in the game that's also what's missing from Forza Horizon 5, I guess, to kind of make additional comparisons. Is Forza Horizon 5 basically gives you absolute freedom in everything the moment you start the game. Which can have its merits in its own right, but it kind of loses the game aspect of it. And because it's an arcade racer, you, you're not getting that, like, simulation, like, full-on car experience. Like, it's, it's a celebration of cars, but in, like, a not fully real way, I suppose. Um... And it's a little ridiculous. I don't know. There's something about it. I'll, I'll stop ranting about it. But one thing they did talk a lot about in the Gran Turismo 7 State of Play is their weather simulation. And I mean, they must have spent five minutes talking about weather. And they use actual meteorological data from the area of the track you are on 
to determine how the clouds form because the clouds form differently in a certain area of Japan than they do in a certain area of the US. And the way the haze and the clouds color the stars at night is different. And the stars you see in the sky and how they move through the sky matches what you would see at that particular track. And the way the track gets wet and dries naturally it, where the cars are driving is all modeled and like it's just a ridiculous level of detail for both the graphics but also the actual simulation itself um that also gets me excited me too and music the other thing that's cool oh. finally about polyphony digital so the horizon series claims to be oh it's the horizon music festival but like, there's not that many songs and you can't, you have to listen to a particular radio station. So you can't like mix all of the songs together and there's no like Spotify integration or any other, you can't like really play your own music easily in the game. But Polyphony Digital is like, hold my beer, bro. Um, so they have over 300 songs from 75 different artists um, that are featured in the game. They actually have a game mode called music rally which is designed to be an introduction to racing games for people that maybe aren't super familiar with them and so what it is is it's a you're basically driving and as the music is playing your beats are counting down and you have to like drive through checkpoints to increase the number of beats it's kind of like a time trial but it's super it's not incredibly hard it's meant for you to have fun while driving and not feel a lot of pressure but keep going and stuff and it's just this this connection with the music and the car culture the attention to detail um everything about it, the, this form of progression bottom line i haven't played the game yet so who knows but i am far more excited for this especially after the disappointment of forza horizon 5 so which i think is fair yeah the shit like modeling how the clouds form and how water dries on the track that's when I'm like, it would be kind of fun to work at a game studio. I won't lie. <laughs> like, if that's the problem you're trying to figure out on your day to day, it's like, it's so goofy, but it's like, yeah, how, how do you do it though? Like what, what, what do you need to collect? What do you need to research? And then how do you get to a point where you feel like you modeled it well? Yeah. And then depicting it, right? Like even if you get a good model, um, oh yeah, no, there's like 5 million questions I have just thinking about it. So yeah, that's the shit that's just like, that's awesome. When they pay attention to that, it's. I want to say so stupid, but it's not because I'm hyped. So fuck it. It's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like I was going to say something else there. I but... agree. <laughs> oh, there'll be couch co-op and multiplayer. So that's exciting. Um... Is Gran Turismo always pretty sim-like or? Yes. Yeah, it, it has always been sim-like. Well. I'm not good enough to do sim racing, so guess I'm going home. It's going it's a different. Ford. It's less accessible than something like Forza Horizon, but it's 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 more different than it is. Like you just kind of have to recalibrate. If you've grown up playing arcade racers like Need for Speed and Ridge Racer and the Crew, God forbid, like um, oh. the the type oh. of driving is different. Like sim sim driving is different, but it's it's doable just as doable as it is in another game yeah i don't remember i forgot which one i played but i don't remember it being that bad i mean it definitely 
I feel like you just got to play one sim for a decent amount of time and then you got a pretty good idea or at least like sim light even, you know, and then then, you know, you're just like, yeah, I can't hit this turn at 180 miles an hour and expect to turn 180 degrees and, you know, hairpin turn. Oh, no. Reality and physics. (laughs) Gosh, darn. Oh, I remember I was going to say Lewis Hamilton has had a close relationship with Gran Turismo for a while um, and he was. It did did Verstappen a lot of work won. with uh yeah Verstappen did win that's objective facts bro but Lewis Hamilton also won eight times prior so um, yeah he's a legend yeah. <laughs> and he he's uh, a literal fucking legend <laughs> for those of you who don't know Lewis Hamilton is an F1 driver for Mercedes um, or has been for the past ten years plus whatever it has been um, and what tied tied still with Schumacher for most titles I think so yeah. Um, yeah almost yes. well, beat him until max verstappen of red bull the young is he finnish or dutch i think he's dutch i think he's dutch um people have been talking the name of verstappen for a while though it's you know it's hype that he won i know we've already talked about this but yeah it, it's exciting but but he he's won so the, the formula one <laughs> season this last year um, over Lewis Hamilton, but Lewis Hamilton's still an absolute legend. It's like Lewis Hamilton is Tom Brady and Max Verstappen is Patrick Mahomes. Well, we'll say that young, young up and comer, a lot of talent, but has yet to prove himself to be the legend that Lewis Hamilton is. Um, but Lewis Hamilton integral in helping develop uh, the the sim aspects of it and stuff as well. They apparently, actually, I that's not founded. I'm going to stop right there. Um, that's all I got on Gran Turismo 7. We can get into soundtracks. Unless you want to continue to talk about how Verstappen won. But. Verstappen won. That's all you got to know. That's all you got to know. Uh, yeah, I guess I can go first, and I'll just keep mine real short. Since I'm talking about Minecraft and God of War, which you've already talked about. So we already <laughs> know all of the opinions that need to be placed. I actually haven't talked about the God of War soundtrack yet. That's next week for me. I thought you talked about that one already. Nope. Oh, this is bad. Well, I have nothing good to say about it, so. (laughs) I did talk about Minecraft already, though. (sighs) Okay, so I don't need to talk about our Lord and Savior C418. Um, Okay, Minecraft. C418. (laughs) God of War. Bear McCreary. Um, The comparison between the soundtracks. Few and far between. I mean, if I'm being really <laughs> honest, this is not an ideal matchup. But uh, the other two games that I had on there, I wasn't feeling them. And then I was thinking about other games, and I wasn't feeling them. You know what I'm saying? So I took the ones I knew I felt good about. I mean, God of War, you can kind of, if you've played the God of War games, you kind of know what to expect, right? Big, badass singing. Big, badass, like everything's going down at once and the singing just getting you hyped up the whole way through. Um, Greatest game of all time. Okay. Some may say, uh, like it does not let down goes, goes hard. It's not like, I feel like the soundtrack isn't as much like, what do you want to call it? We talk about like how it integrates with the game, right? It's not like, it's like, (laughs) like part of the environment that you're going through. No, it's just getting you fucking amped when you're going through it and getting you all worked up and getting you all uh, like you're the God of War and so you need to be really hype when you're the God of War and you're just murdering people. And um, you're the God of War. And God of War. Minecraft. <laughs> so calm. 
so relaxing, so peaceful. <laughs> it's a sandbox video game that this guy made like electronic music for you to chill out to when you're listening to it. So stuff like uh, Sun Wolf or Lullaby, which I'm pretty sure is like the nighttime song. Um, and then you can also find like little LPs scattered around to make your own jukebox. So I remember when Frederico was still alive, rest in peace, his soul. Uh, <sighs> I know, unexpected throwback for me as well. But we had a jukebox that had cat in it, and we listened to cat all the time, oh even God. though Frederico was a horse. But that's okay. We don't. I'm we don't tear up. disrespect. <laughs> that was before either uh, of us had cats as well. Yeah, that is that very true. So yeah, it's just I've been thinking about what I kind of like about both, and what I, but I guess just like what kind of back to our conversation last week like how do you choose which one's better when you're comparing especially stuff that's really totally different right and so for me like how impressive what they did was because it's like i think that the bear mccreary made a really badass soundtrack for god of war really hypes you up really gets you going i don't think that anything that he did wasn't like it wasn't unexpected tread lightly okay i'm so sorry (laughs) Greatest game of all time, <laughs> right behind my top eight, um, even though it's on my top eight. Where <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like making something like what uh, C418, maybe it's C418. I'm going to keep calling him C418. Uh, I think that's just, a, it's a lot harder of a thing to write music for, right? Because you're essentially just like handed the sandbox game that's just like, what do you do? anything (laughs) it's like how do you decide to make music for it right like you kind of look at the art style and that's pretty much it like uh yeah i feel like bear had just a lot more stuff to go off of when he was making it and i think sticking to the guns like it seems like he kind of did when he was writing the soundtrack fit i think it'd be bad if he didn't do it right but it's like it's kind of like skyrim soundtrack it's better than skyrim soundtrack let me put that out there first (laughs) because But, like, uh, stylistically, that big, like, I don't even know how you call that genre of music, right? But you have a bunch of people, like, dudes singing in this low, ominous voice, building up kind of, like, hoo-hawing their way through the song, right? And, like, getting you all amped up. Like, that's what you expect when you see a big dude holding a big-ass axe ready to murder people in a video game. So, um, on that regard, super minecraft favored right i think that minecraft definitely had kind of a harder objective to get and i think it killed it and i think the minecraft soundtrack like still goes still goes hard to be <laughs> for lack of better words uh but in a much more selfish sense uh god damn just god of War soundtrack get me hype <laughs> when i listen to it and it's like my ooga booga senses are tingling every time i listen to it i'm like i need to play this game again this is great so those are the so those are honestly been the two main juxtapositions that I've been struggling with because I don't know which one to value more <laughs> when I'm going through it because uh, the rest of it is like I mean yeah I'm not a soundtrack composer and I think both of them kind of serve the same purpose where I guess like C418 stuff is maybe a little bit more it's just not really integrated with the the game right they're both just supporting it and trying to set the mood for the game that you're playing it but it's not like something that's like i would say what powell you know he has that ominous tone throughout all of it but the whole point of the game is that you're like scared shitless the whole fucking time it's like literally the point of the game is you don't know when you're gonna die uh obviously it doesn't feel like that in game but like that is 
the environment of Haran. Um, so, yeah, I feel like in that regard they're kind of similar. And yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you what do you think, Maxwell? What do you think I'm gonna pick? Not what would you? I know what you will pick. <laughs> do you? Um, I mean, not for sure, but I feel good. It's uh you you make very valid points and it the the juxtaposition of these two is very interesting because Minecraft is like the quintessential ambient music. Like there is yeah. nothing that triggers a type of music. Like maybe like if you're in a cave or a mine or something like that, there might be a certain like track list it goes through versus being up above ground. But even that I'm not entirely convinced of. Um but but yeah nothing triggers it and god of war is a scripted soundtrack um so it's music that is written for what you are going through in the story um and to play to story beats um and stuff which i would argue is a challenge as well um that is fair no that is fair that's fair <laughs> but i i you do make a valid point that that it what's more challenging fitting a script or having no script i think they're they're just different types of challenges but it i think they're both yeah and i think like maybe a little bit more to god of war there is something to be said of executing um that well right like i'm i'm making it sound like he didn't like there's one thing <laughs> about like the could engine. do that <laughs> Yeah, there's one thing about saying like maybe the ingenuity of the space that he's exploring when he's writing the music, but like actually executing it in a way that gets you hype. And to be fair, when we are talking about these soundtracks, I mean, at least for me, I won't speak for Maxwell. It is impossible to remove. You hear the soundtrack, gameplay in your head, thinking about your first experience going through it. You're just like, you know, when you go through a scene and the music is hyping you up and you're all hype, the gameplay is all hype, like. Oh, oh, that's good. That's that's good memory right there. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's impossible to remove the game from this discussion. Or not, I try to at least, but yeah, mm. I don't know because now I'm thinking about. I I'm I'm not going to predict because I think you're on the fence enough that that might I'm subconsciously so sway you. I needed, I needed you. <laughs> this is my I, time of need. I don't want to sway you. Ugh. I okay. Let me put it. I agree. I came in and I was so confident on my decision. I was like, it's got to be Minecraft. And now I'm like, I wonder if I just Google flip it, flip a coin and then <laughs> uh, use that for my decision. Okay. Give me. You, you talk about yours. Can I, can I, can I do okay, the classic we'll, postpone? We'll, we'll default. Can I do that? Yeah. There we we'll go, defer. There we go. Um, I just watched some of the big short, so Default was on my on my mind, apparently. Great movie, by the way. Good, Yeah, but, good, good, yeah. great. I, I like yeah. it. Yeah. Both times I've seen it. Yeah. Steve Grill, fantastic. Ryan Gosling, right? Yeah. Fantastic. Um, He's got a name. So my soundtracks, as I previewed, are uh, Katana Zero and Horizon Zero Dawn. Two zeros. Ha! Huh. Man, I should have leaned into that a little bit. Um, but katana zero i spoke about last week uh so make sure you go check out last week's podcast to hear me talk about the game but real quick it's basically a set of levels where it's like an action platformer 
and you cannot take any damage and you have to clear the entire level of enemies before you can move on and it resets you anytime you take damage so it's just it's kind of like a, a puzzle action platform where you have to kind of figure out how to clear the stage without dying essentially and you have this sword you can slow down time temporarily um, you can deflect things and throw things uh, jump around all that kind of stuff really fun gameplay simple but incredibly well executed really fun um, and the soundtrack there's like this synth wave like edm soundtrack and there's like each stage or chapter has a different song and like right before you start your character will like put on like headphones and pull out like a walkman or something and and hit play and start the music and it'll say the soundtrack and stuff so there's like clearly an emphasis on the music in the game um with this and i think it plays incredibly well it's just yeah it's it, it kind of gets me hyped in a similar way to god of war like just thinking about it like brings you right back to playing the game um and it's a lot of fun and it's incredibly effective at like amping you up and making it tense like oh you can't take damage um but the gameplay loop is really fast like if you take damage and die it, it's you're not going back very far and you re reset really quick so it's really fun to iterate through and sometimes you can just try blasting and see what happens and as it goes on that's usually not the case but there are sometimes it can be the case um little background uh so well i guess my song my favorite song is hit the floor and it's from a particular chapter in the game where you are on a dance floor and it is one of my favorite chapters to play in the game uh, but hit the floor good song um the soundtrack is uh largely there's several artists on it but one of the main ones is ludo wick and bill kiley um are kind of the two main uh I guess composers on there, but interestingly enough, DJ Electrohead is his only credit that I see on the entire soundtrack is for the song that I like, which is "Hit the Floor." Um, so maybe the rest of the soundtrack sucks. <laughs> maybe I just like DJ Electrohead. Just kidding. The whole soundtrack is awesome. That's Katana Zero, <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, if you haven't listened to all of our top fifty video game bracket podcasts, go back and watch them right now. Um, just kidding. They're not that great. Just watch the last few. That's when it like we we got our format down and stuff, and the games are interesting. But just watch our top eight from last week. It, boom! There you go. I oh, I did have Horizon Zero Dawn on there, but we didn't talk about the game. Basically, you play as the main character Aloy in this like weirdly post-apocalyptic but futuristic world um, where it's very tribal. And you like use bow and arrow and all this kind of stuff. But there's like these machines that kind of look like dinosaurs and animals um, that we would expect to see like bears and ostriches and panthers and goose geese. Um, and it's a really fun story. Open world, third person action adventure, Sony's bread and butter looks fantastic. Developed by Gorilla Games in the Decima engine. It's it's a blast. The story slaps um yeah it's great and the music pairs with it very well it a lot of it has this kind of tribal theme to it it's kind of this mix of the environment you're in and kind of this combination of future and past and old and new and it's very beautiful at times the song i would pick from it is 
very clearly Aloy's theme. It's the song that when you like boot into the game starts playing. And it just so embodies like the emotion of the story. And it the song has so many layers in it too that like as you're going through the story, the song is always applicable. Um it's just it's dope. It's fantastic. Gives you the feels. At least it gives me the feels. If you played the game, it'll probably give you the feels too. Um and the soundtrack is produced by Joris Deman. <laughs> Horace Deman? Joris Deman? I don't know, but he's Deman. <laughs> and uh also John Williams. <gasps> bum bum bum. Just kidding. It's Jonathan Williams, an entirely different person, but I thought that was kind of funny. Um Yeah. It's a great soundtrack. It pairs well they with kept, the game. They kept him and the flight for uh the follow-up too. So Joris. Joris. Deman. Deman himself, Jordis. That gets me excited. I, I like that they kept it. I is Bear McCreary God of War Ragnarok's composer? I feel like it's not. Cause he I know he's doing the soundtrack for Forspoken. It says he still is. Oh he is? Okay, thank God. Okay, we're good. But he's also doing the soundtrack for Forspoken, which was one of the reasons I was hyped about that game as well. Um that'll be coming out. But anyway, uh Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. It's interesting because walking into this, kind of like Oliver, I thought one thing pretty strongly. And my opinion has become different. Okay, Oliver, what do you think I will pick? I know you haven't played Katana Zero, so it's a little bit. That's my guess. That's what you think. I was I was pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, I decided before you had brought it up, but Uh, is that because you just don't believe I can get off the hype train? No. Okay. I just think Katana sounds hype as shit. Yeah. And you're right. I can't get off the hype train. Katana Zero is the winner of this week's soundtrack bracket. Um, But I don't think it's just hype train. Like Oliver said, the game is hype as shit and the soundtrack is such a big part of it. And it's a pretty hype soundtrack um, on top of it. I mean, it, it there's a we've talked about this before. a thousand different ways you could slice how we're doing this bracket. And we change our minds every fucking podcast. But this one in particular does it both a good job of like accompanying the gameplay and also being a banger soundtrack in its own right. And obviously the developers were very keen on including all of that um, within it as well with the focus on it. So that one's a pretty easy win for me. Horizon Zero Dawn, great, beautiful, gorgeous, but it's there's nothing stand outy to me about it. You know, that's that's all I got. It's great. Every soundtrack I think we can comfortably say in our top 16 is fantastic and a banger. And so this is coming down to essentially splitting hairs, which is why Oliver still hasn't told us his decision. Um, but uh, thank you. Yeah, by the way, Katana Zero is my choice. I love it. It's great. Thank you for attending my TED talk. Um, yeah, I've decided and I'm partially disappointed myself. And I want to say, as I'm going to spoil it by saying this, if I was rating these games at the time I played them, then I probably wouldn't choose what I'm choosing. But I'm not, so it don't matter. Uh, so I'm choosing God of War. 
I think if it was like when ah. I was peak playing Minecraft and not like uh per- post fifth Minecraft burnout. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I literally had that thought when we were talking about it, but continue. Yeah. Then I would probably feel differently. I have a buddy who's got a gigamodded Minecraft server. Uh, and he is, you know, trying to get people on the Minecraft server to play with him, right? Because Minecraft's better with friends. And it's like, even with the mods, it's just like, I've just milked this vein really hard. Minecraft's kind of dead for me, you know? Like, it's just, I'm, I'm past the point. I still have a lot of respect for it, but I'm definitely past the point uh, of, like, wanting to play it all the time. So, yeah, yeah. going back through God of War, listening to, like, uh, you know, opening theme, Niflheim. Valkyries, all my favorite parts of the game being like, eh, pretty good moment in the game. Was I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And also it's like I would be more inclined to listen to it on a not gaming basis too. Because it's just intense. Actually, it'd probably be horrible to listen to alone because I'd just be like so like bum bum bum. Um so yeah, I I'm shocked, but that's okay. That's what the podcast is for. Some experts have called it the greatest game of all time. Most have not. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would not recommend. To be fair, some people said that Hollow Knight was their favorite game of all time. So That's true. Not, not there's, dumber, there's dumber people out there is what I'm saying. Hollow Knight is an absolute banger. It's kind of a travesty. It's not in my top eight. We might have to do another top eight where I... I mean, I say we do top eight every end of every year, bare minimum. Oh, for sure. Without, yeah, a, a revisit. how quickly you're going through games, then maybe every six months. If I can learn how to play anything other than League, then maybe... I'm going to need to start keeping like a spreadsheet of the games I play so I can remember like at the end of the year what I've played. That's what I've been thinking. I need to do another Hades run through this year. I need to play The Witcher 3 so I can get my bottle of scotch. Uh, and... <laughs> And then I okay, I did actually mess up. I I got I get emails when my Steam game, my on my list are on sale. And one of the like Metroidvania-esque games I was super hyped to play, like a new indie title, The Messenger, was on sale. And I like that was one of the games I put on recently that I was like really intent on buying. But I keep when I hear the messenger, I keep thinking of I don't even remember it's like the witness. That one, like, really ambient. It's like you're oh, on, like, like a puzzle game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought it was The Witness and, like, didn't realize that it was, till, it was too late. And I was like, I don't want to play The Witness ever in my life. Like, that was... <laughs> I was interested when there was a shit ton of hype around it. Like, that was my level of interest. So now I'm really not interested in playing The Witness ever in my life. I have played some of The Witness. And it is I feel like I've watched pretty. you play it, right? Probably, yeah. It... it, it it just I kind of lump like the witness and then what like Abu or Abzu. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. It, like and it's like the, the like... PS Plus games that like are really and interesting and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like I'm I'm sure they're good, but that's just not my that's not my cup of tea. Hollow Knight? Now that is my cup of tea. Here is something I would say right now. If we were doing the top eight video game bracket right now, Ori would get knocked out in place of Hollow Knight. That is a legendarily spicy take. I just want you to know, but I'm not going to think about it too much because I want to sleep tonight. So yeah, here's here's my quick uh, the lowdown reasoning. Um, Hollow Knight gets me way more fucking hyped. 
period. Um, watching Purple Misfit play it is incredibly hype. Watching Fireborn play it is incredibly hype. Talking about it, thinking about all of the bosses I haven't played and potentially going back and playing it, thinking about the soundtrack in it, thinking about, yeah, it's just... Uh, Hollow Knight has consumed far more of my life and attention than Ori ever would. In a good way. It's Yeah, I that still will say it every single time. Ori just like at least added 50% of length that it was on top of it. It would be so much closer of a battle for me. But the fact that Hollow Knight was literally like 30 plus hours of like what initial slog and then just like unlocked fun after that for the whole time through was just like that game is yeah and the the mccann integration i just uh there was i i obviously would prefer what hollow knight did where they didn't give you a shit ton of mechanics that you don't end up using and just use them all really well where it's like i feel like so many things in ori i like did not explore and i mean wish i did but like if the game doesn't incentivize you to do it then it's pretty rare that like i intentionally i'm like <laughs> i'm not that in- entertaining of a human being to be like i'm just gonna go out wholly out of my way to explore this mechanic <laughs> yeah they're entirely different audiences like ori is meant to be accessible and much more or much less frustrating i think which is great in its own right but there, there's just something about hollow knight that it, it feels so a- good to win you know it's a good point because i still would probably recommend i would easily recommend if someone wanted to get into the genre for them just to run through ori 2 because it is accessible the bosses are like just hard enough right that they're entertaining and fun to go through it feels great when you beat them um but like the rest of the game is pretty like just streamlined and normal difficulty normal gameplay enjoying experience so yeah but yeah like when you when you beat radiance feels great when you beat Watcher Knights, I'm thinking of all the bosses that really pissed me off. So, <laughs> I, there's still Radiance, one I haven't I beat, them. and that's uh, Traitor Lord. Um, that one pissed me off because I literally I tried it so many times, and the closest bench is far enough away that it's really fucking annoying every time you have to go back to him. But Traitor Lord was a good boss. I actually did. I had a couple passes on that. Um, and there's a person that will come who will not be named. To help you with the fight. Also Potentially, depending story. on what you do. I Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't come initially until I looked up tips on the boss because I was getting fucking pissed and then found out and then went and did the thing to to get them to come. But Yeah, really nice, really nice side story on that. They, yeah, it's a good game. I know. And it I, is I, actually, I, I know what's so beyond Trader Lord, too. <laughs> yeah, so... I still, oh, yeah, I got to go back and at least do all the pantheons so I can be absolute radiance. And then the, I forgot what they call the mana slords, but with four mana slords instead of three. That that fight looks so fucking good. Oh my God. <laughs> that is one of the simplest but most well designed fights I think I've ever encountered. I don't, I, I don't know why it feels so good, but it does. Sisters of Battle. Oh. It's like a dance, I think, is why it's so good. And the music, it, Mantis Lords was my when I talked about Hollow Knight. That is my favorite song from the the game. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. It's a banger for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm hyped now too. You got me. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll end on that spicy, juicy take. 
um, <laughs> for this late night special edition that's been all over the place, but it's been a fun one as always. Uh, you can check us out on social media, which is basically just Instagram. It's really all we we do. <laughs> And it's really only to let you know that the podcast is live. So if you're listening to this, you already know. Um, so you don't need to check us out on Instagram. Uh, but check us out anyways. Come on. But, but check us out. You know, you can do it. Um, subscribe, YouTube, hit the bell. There will be links in the description for the Gran Turismo State of Play and the Digital Foundry Dying Light 2 analysis. You, If you're listening to podcast services, come watch Oliver almost burn his apartment down around 17 minutes or so. And... Uh, yeah cool thanks for thanks for sticking around and we will catch y'all in the next one juicy juicy